0: Hey, Tablet Show fans. Richard and I are going to be at the Dev Intersection Conference at the Marriott Grand Lakes in Orlando, Florida, April 13th through 16th. Come see your favorite speakers Scott Guthrie, Scott Hanselman, John Papa, Billy Hollis, Brian Noyes, Dan Wallin, Todd Anglin, Tim Huckabee, Michelle Bustamante, Miguel Castro, Duval Lowy, Kathleen Dollard, and many more. Go to devintersection.com to register now. You'll save 200 bucks if you register on or before February 24th, $100 if you register between February 25th and March 31st, and you can save an additional 50 bucks by specifying .NET Rocks is how you heard about the conference. More details at devintersection.com. We'll see you in April. The Tablet Show, Episode 122, with guest Beth Massey. Recorded live Monday, January 20th,
1: 2014. From Show.com. it's The Tablet Show, conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Beth Massey about building applications with LightSwitch. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at teleri And now... Here are Carl and Richard.
0: Hey, San Francisco! It's the tablet show! <laughs> I know. Well, you know, that's what happens when you're in a room that holds 10,000 people. What a big crowd. Hey, Richard, how are you?
1: I am well, sir. And I guess this is the last week of the. Yeah, road trip oh there's a few other things going on but did you
0: notice the uncanny coincidence that happened with the last road trip stops that we're doing uh san francisco denver seattle what do these have in common uh <laughs> they're all
1: football towns. yeah we, although i noticed that both teams that are in the super bowl legalized pot this year so i'm wondering what that has to what do what does that with have to do anything it's the strangest thing
0: it anyway, don't talk about football. We're in San Francisco. Talk about what? No, no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. Let's do this little bit we call Better Know Framework. Roll that music. All right, buddy. What do you got? Well, uh, this was in the news last week. Oh? Although I don't really know when this show is airing. Time shift, you know, that's yeah, kind it's of weird. a few weeks from now. All right. I'm so this like was in the news a few weeks ago. Phil Zimmerman, the creator of PGP, which is pretty good privacy, email encryption, is making a secure Android black phone. Oh, yeah. And the details uh, are in an article at tinyurl.com slash private OS, and leave the E off of private, P R I V A T O S because that is what the uh, OS uh, is going to be. Black phone is this new company. Not a whole lot of details yet, but, um, the Blackphone website says the phone will use this OS, yep. an Android based operating system, while letting users, quote, make and receive secure phone calls, exchange secure texts, exchange and store secure files, have secure video chat, browse privately, and anonymize your activity through a VPN. Wow. This could make long-distance relationships possible. (laughs) What? Just saying.
1: I guess it depends on what you mean
0: by relationship. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Unfortunately, the website offers no details on how these extra levels of security will be implemented and also doesn't say whether the phone's encrypted communications will require both users in a conversation to have a black phone. Uh, Those are just a couple of quotes from this article. So, it is interesting. Yep. And it's necessary. And I... But this trend in general that people are just more and more afraid of having big corporations holding all of our data. You know, even the Microsofts and the Gmails and the Yahoo's and all that stuff, because all it's going to take is for, you know, millions of users' Gmail to be posted online one day, and that's it. Everybody's going to have a hemorrhage.
1: I keep thinking we're going to have a, you know, watershed moment. An event like that. That's going to tip over privacy. But you would have thought Snowden would have been it. Yeah. What do we got
0: to do? I don't think people understand the ramifications of what. I don't know. But you're right.
1: Maybe every Gmail for the past two years published publicly might be the one.
0: And, and, you know, having people be able to go and look up your Gmail. Right. You know, and now having to convince all your friends, hey, don't do it. That's not. A moral thing to do.
1: All right. Maybe that's the threshold. I don't know. There's a movie see there. If there is a threshold.
0: Maybe there isn't a threshold. There's a story there or something.
1: Anyway, I appreciate it. I was looking at this phone and thinking that's an interesting move to a fork of Android. Yeah. See if it make it work. I'm sure the NSA will come and talk to Zimmerman.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, some of his partners, they started some stuff before. Right. And then mysteriously went away because of NSA leaks. Like Interesting. Some weird stuff going on there. So okay. Okay, that's know it, it. Learn it, love it. Know it and learn to love it, yeah, Richard. It's cool. Who's talking to us, buddy? I,
1: gra- I actually jumped back into the archive a bit. I thought I, there's a few old comments that I meant to drag forward, and this is one of them. Uh, related to the last road trip, this is show 79, uh, which is the one we did with Todd Anglin. Yeah. Uh, and it was the replacement show for the one we lost on the 2012 road trip. That's yeah. right. We lost that show. Right. And so we redid it effectively.
0: It was better uh, the second time anyway.
1: Yeah. And we were talking about mobile apps with HTML5. And, yeah. you know, Todd really gets that stuff well. Yeah. And this comment comes from P. Schuller, who says, and this is from a few months ago, he mm. says, okay, this was an awesome show and a crappy show. Oh, you we know, got a little flame here. Okay. Let's start with the crappy. All right. Number one. Bring it on. Richard starts, you know, we have some tablets in the house, and I'm starting to figure out what they are for. <laughs> I noticed that one of them lives near the TV. I'm starting to think that this big screen, small screen thing is huge. And then Carl goes, but what if you don't watch TV? And derails what could have been a real cool glimpse for us in this big screen, little oh. screen thing. It's pop culture, but maybe it's a way to make money. Okay. And it, legit, I remember that conversation. Yeah, it got derailed. We'd never get back. The good Sorry news that, is guys. I'm scouting around. You know what Smart Glass is? Have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. It's part of Xbox. Yeah. And, and it's really about second screen stuff. So right. they published an SDK a few months ago. So developers yeah. can work against it. So I'm um, looking for the right guest. We'll make do a whole show on second screen.
0: Maybe we'll pick up that conversation where I derailed it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, don't worry. Uh, we'll get a show on that. Yeah. Second point. Your guest is saying something like because we know that when a robot starts to look more like human, he was talking about the uncanny uh, valley. The uncanny
0: valley, right? It freaks
1: people out. Therefore, if an app gets closer and closer to looking like native, and it doesn't, then that freaks people out.
0: He's talking about a a web app that looks like a native app,
1: right? And yeah. it, well, and this is you know the whole Kendo UI thing, sure. right? And it looks like a, an iPhone app, but it doesn't always behave like it has right. to behave like it too, right? Uh, but P. Schuller does not agree. He says what people at his level are still deluded about this native look and feel thing. So he's going to take the robot human uh, causality thing and tell people he's going to freak out if my buttons are not rounded and if my buttons don't have exactly the same gradient. That's mm. going too far. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, I sort of, and I sort of bought into that point too. It's not just the look, the feel part's important. I think the biggest sin that you make when you're dealing with hybrid apps is you click on the button and the button doesn't click.
0: Yeah. It doesn't do anything.
1: Right. Or it has that moment of uncertainty. And as soon as you disrupt the confidence of the user, your app's got a problem.
0: Yeah. If it does nothing when I touch it, it's hung.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or, it's, or it just behaves differently, right? Yeah. I think it's just that little behavioral difference. Right. And I think that was the point Todd was making, and I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Now, another point that he makes, and I appreciate this one. You guys got into a long discussion about IE6. I don't think I need to say this anymore, but I will. Name one mobile platform that uses IE6. If you're going to deal with mobile platforms, you got to get the hang of thinking like a mobile developer. <laughs> okay. It's true. There's no IE6 in the, on the mobile
0: platform. Well, I think we were talking about oh, the reason... That technology was being held back because of IE6. I yeah. think that was the context there. Absolutely. And then on the good news
1: side, he was really excited to see a VP, and he was talking about Todd, that generally gets mobile development, Great. which I thought was a pretty good news side, yeah. too. Yeah. He also really liked the you lost some files on the road trip thing. Oh, yeah. It's good to know that the road has potholes. Yeah. <laughs> It's good for you, man. We were really kinda of choked about losing that yeah, show. Yeah, it's but, true. Uh, that, and I hate to jinx this road trip, but I think we got like three stops left and we haven't lost any shows. Yeah, we shows. haven't lost any shows. Prick, find some wood to knock on. What well we have that? some
0: new hardware now and some new software. Which yeah, has has yeah.
1: has made a difference. We've yeah. got better road gear than ever before. Yeah. Uh so, Mr. Schiller, thanks so much for your comments. We may or may not agree with them; It doesn't matter. I'm going to send you a tablet show mug one way or the other, and we'll address that small screen thing for you. Mm-hmm. So, a tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com or on any of our mobile apps. We make them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And those apps were built by Diatom Enterprises. Who'd love to build you an app? Just go to diatomenterprises.com.
0: I believe they were built with Xamarin's tools. <laughs> they were indeed. Yes, they were. And that brings us to our special guest, Beth Massey. She's been here before. She's the senior program manager on the Microsoft Cloud Platform Tools team. And uh, she has lots of experience with Azure, Office, SharePoint, and especially Visual Studio Light Switch. Beth's a community champion for business application developers and is responsible for producing and managing online content and community interaction for CPT. She has over 15 years of industry experience building business apps. Uh, probably more like 20 now, and is a frequent speaker at various software developer events. You can find her on a variety of developer sites, including MSDN, Developer Centers, Channel 9, and her blog, BethMassie.com. Follow her on Twitter, at BethMassie. Big round of applause for Beth. Massey. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. Hey guys, it's good to be back.
1: Hi,
2: yeah,
0: it was was the last road trip, I think. It
2: was. it was. I was in uh, San Diego, I I
1: think. think San Diego, and we were
0: talking about light switch for HTML5. We
2: were. Which we were, and actually, we had uh, just released. I we were at a point at which we were almost releasing that version of it, HTML. I think it was right around that time. It was a, right. at the Nokia office, I think. In so, it's, yeah, year.
1: it's been more than a year.
2: Yeah, it's been more than a year, and a lot has happened with the tools. I too. hope so. so I yeah. would hope so. Yes. I think
1: the big, in some ways, it seems like Light Switch has kind of got kind of quiet. It's now in the box in studio, It's in the right? box, Well, yeah. I th-
0: I really think we ought to rewind for a lot of people who don't necessarily come across the word Light Switch in their day-to-day life. Let's just start at the beginning and tell everybody what this is.
2: Yeah, so originally, Light Switch is a, a, a we call it a technology, kind of, kind of you could think of it as like entity franchising. Framework or that kind of technology um, built on the top of the .NET framework, um, the middle tier, and it's really a tool set of tools and a whole development experience around quickly building business apps. All right, your typical business apps have a lot of like forms over data style, where you're interacting or you're searching or you're trying to you know update data from backends, multiple backends, multiple enterprise data systems. And you're trying to like just write a lot of repetitive code over and over and over to do this stuff. Mm-hmm. So light switch just kind of eliminates that repetitive code for you. Okay. Mm. So it's all the plumbing is handled for you to interact with data sources. All right. And you focus on just business logic. Okay. So you do write code with light switch. It's just that you don't have to write a gobs of it. All right. And especially repetitive things so like I- data access.
0: The idea was to make a very visual development environment that the the sort of business analyst programmer could Use yeah, uh, it
2: still was. It was always targeted at developers. It's just uh, I kind of like to say developers of all skill levels, right? But it's it also could be say a developer just you know entering into .NET development sure. in general, or a developer that's a a seasoned developer that just doesn't have time to build these types of applications. So LightSwitch right. isn't like you know gonna you know solve you know, world hunger here, right. okay? But it is going to help you build. Uh, business productivity applications for mobile now. So we have a yeah. mobile story, right? Okay. So, and
0: before we get into that, I just want to mention that one of, the, one of my favorite episodes that we did with, uh, on LightSwitch was of a doctor, uh, Mr. Falk Eater, yeah, I think right. he was. Yeah. Who uh, he, he's a doctor and also likes to dabble in technology and programming and he has used LightSwitch to build his own apps and uh, loves it. And because he know, understands the domain better than anyone else, he found it easier to for him to learn the little programming that he needed to know in order to build apps than it was to hire a developer and to try to translate the business uh, cases to the to developers.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, so if you can, you know, if. Like, if you can, like, grab snippets of code on the internet to find things, like, VBA developers typically, like, started from just business analysts, and then they became, like, yeah. these VBA developers. Yeah. And you can learn from each other. Yeah. It's sort of similar. You still are, you still are, you know, writing on the .NET framework and your middle tier, your right. service layer. You, we do expose, like, we don't hide everything from you. Right. It's not a black box, like, say, access right. is more targeted at your information worker to right. build these types of apps. Light switch has really meant more for you as a a developer to get started really fast building applications that then you can go ahead and easily deploy into Azure. Okay, so running in the cloud and write, you know, the UI generate a lot of the UI for you. Okay, you can then customize it further. Right. Row, okay, that's the and key. The UI
1: is HTML5.
2: The UI is HTML5 in okay. JavaScript.
1: And what about on the back end? Is it C sharp in C-sharp
2: the C sharp or VB. So, right. right. So, so, it
1: generates either one? Yes. And are you just making JSON services? Like, what kind of?
2: So yeah, OData so we use an OData service okay. stack. Okay. Um JSON Lite. Yeah, we're using JSON Lite over right. OData. So what we're what you're really doing is we have a, a data designer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you you model data. It can connect to data sources like you know OData sources or SharePoint or SQL Server or Oracle or anything with an entity framework provider. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um we're also working on kind of making some more data sources a little bit more easy to decipher, mm-hmm. like things like dynamics and things like that. You know, mm. yeah, they have an O data service, but sometimes you have no idea what yeah, this means. Especially but, when you talk about right. a
1: CRM product, like, or, like yeah. the Dynamics stack, They're, that's complicated data.
2: So Light Switch helps walk you through the attaching of data, but also what's really powerful about it is it allows you to make these virtual relationships between these desperate data sources that you have mm. and provide, you know, unified UI. And it that. means that
1: if I have a developer not working on Lightswitch, as long as they make me an data source, I can consume it.
2: Correct. And when you're modeling that data source, you're modeling those data sources, Lightswitch is creating a set of services, data mm. services, that you can then re-expose. So you write your business logic in your middle tier, you can then take all of these services and data stacks that you have, mm. create one unified service, and actually we even like, allow you to just publish the service if you want. If you don't want to do the UI in Lightswitch, you don't have to. Mm. You so know, another you
1: can, way to build services, period. Yeah, right. Mm. It's like,
2: exactly. Mm. Um, so, so, but that allows you to say, okay, well, I have, you know, an HTML5 app, but I actually want like, you know, a Windows phone app or whatever. And then it's just, okay, consume the OData service. Okay, now. right. That's it, you know. And the
0: one thing I liked about Light Switch, and I learned this early on, is uh, the extension points. And this is what, you know, one of my biggest concerns about it was... How black boxy is it? You know, I'm concerned that it's going to do something that I can't change. And just everywhere along the way, there's an event that you can hook or something that you can override that you can uh, extend it or hook it. There's a lot of hook points.
2: That's correct. There's a ton of data. Um, events, especially around mm. data and, all, and, and permissions too, yeah. like user, um, you know, uh, access control. Right. Um, but, <clears throat> cause every typical business app has to have that filtering of data based right. on who is logged in yeah. kind of things. They're very common. Uh, the first versions of Lysis were kind of more the middle tier was this. Right. Kind of a black box. Um, we really opened that up like two years ago. We started really opening it up. And the latest version of Lightswitch you can now write your own custom services you, and reuse all the business logic because uh, um, uh, Light Switch will support uh, basically expose the server application mm. context, and you can just write, say, a web API, you know, over that, sure. and, and shoot down, you know, whatever you know JSON you want okay. to, you know. So it really but reuse all the business logic that's going on right inside. So it
0: just keeps getting better. All right, so now let's talk the mobile story.
2: Yeah. So, well, released in April of 2012. Uh, we had our first release of the HTML client, okay? So uh, we did a lot of work in 2012 to just do the OData services and open up the middle tier and make it so that we could provide multiple clients for Light Switch, okay? Yeah. So its first client was Silverlight and now we have an HTML5 JavaScript. The We started working on it a while ago actually and, and it was a lot of uh, JavaScript frameworks were in flux at the time, sure. okay? There wasn't a lot of like besides jQuery and jQuery mobile were very established there was just a lot of other stuff in churn. Yeah. okay? Um, now we're seeing a lot of these frameworks emerge, but I don't know, maybe in a year we'll have uh, others, okay? So what the Light Switch team had to make a, had to make a call and a bet on mm. on some something right right, right. some
1: you've we've taken to calling them javascript tribes tribes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. tribes a set right, of yeah. libraries <laughs> that like each other and support each other to to create yeah. a, a, an environment for building your client right so, so we'll, you picked a tribe
2: we picked jquery mobile oh uh, because it was Fair. the most common tribe yep. at the time and still is very common and uh,
1: arguably the one that put sort of put us on this smart client approach on the web. The right. jQuery, we couldn't all point back at and go, that was a turning point.
2: And if you think about the whole like premise of Lights, which is to like, really it's trying to make it easy for you, less pain, right? right. was trying to be less pain, not more pain right. about building these particular types of apps. Right. We felt that more developers know or are familiar with jQuery Okay, right now at the time, okay? And, and now, okay? It's, it's, it's very common like, to, uh, p- to people, okay, familiar. You're always going to
1: get somebody saying, how come you're not using Angular?
2: Right. I how am I not? Why more, use Angular? Well, you can I'd go to Michael Washington's blog, and he'll show you how to use light Switch with Angular.
0: Okay. I'd okay, say more so. <laughs> developers are familiar with jQuery than JavaScript. It seems.
2: Yeah. Right. You I know? mean, like, if you're going to really program in JavaScript, you're probably not going to start at that low level. You're probably going to pick starting something. Probably start with jQuery. Yeah and, you, yeah, and jQuery is, you know low enough, but not too low, you Yeah. Know? So that was the key. Um, and then what we did with Light which is we just have like a very lightweight, you know, our own JavaScript kind of framework for data manipulation for like, just kind of visualizing all of those, those, uh, you know, entities that you've already designed. And those are surfaced to you so that you can just Use them okay, for you. Uh, we're looking at ways that, like, how can we make it so that, yes, you could use a, like, Knockout or knockout, Breeze yeah. or, you know, Angular. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, like, definitely decouple that, but while still having a design experience. Mm-hmm. So that's something we're, we're definitely fiddling around with. But um, well, And I
1: always find it really interesting with Light Switch, this idea that, You've designed what you want your UI to be, and then you sort of hit a button, and it'll spit out a Silverlight one, or it'll spit out an HTML one. Yeah. They weren't exactly the same, but they no. were pretty darn close. But now you are saying there is also a, an HTML5 mobile one.
2: Well, HTML5, the HTML5 client right. is targeted at mobile. So it's, it's based it's, on jQuery Mobile responsive
1: web design. Yes,
2: it's a, it's a single page application that uh-huh. you are generating. It's a simple single page app. Wow! Um, I always think of light switches. It's very um, it's simple on the outside, but it's very rich on the inside. Sure. It's it's meant it, we're we kind of built it like that in mind, right? We didn't want to like, so who's the .NET developer in the room that is scared shitless because I got to like learn JavaScript right now? Yeah, well, I was, (laughs) that was me, yeah, (laughs) yeah. That, that was J- me, right?
1: JavaScript did bad things to me years ago, <laughs> right. and I'm not over it. You're, like, burned <laughs>
2: from, like, the first time you tried it? Yeah. Okay, so, right. Netscape
1: 2.1, thanks very much. Right. I have serious JavaScript it's, scars. It's pain day here <laughs> in San Francisco.
2: And of those same developers who are ch- building, you know, enterprise business applications? Yeah. Without using
1: of, web at all? Yeah. Like right. You know, WPF so, right.
2: So, like, that. that's kind of, like, a really nice... You guys should look at this tool, okay? Because really it's it's kind of like a, it kind of enters you into the JavaScript land. So right. you don't have to like jump off the deep end. You can have a working application. You focus a lot of your, your business logic in the middle tier mm. writing .NET code. Mm. And, you know, the reason why we're building HTML5 in the first place is because in enterprises it's kind of not feasible to have native development unless you're using Xamarin or something sure. like that. It makes it easier. You're still writing gobs of code, by the way. Did you see right. that? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> But... Um, um, but but it's just uh, it's just kind of like any bring your own device yeah. that kind of thing. You can't really no- normally pick a device platform. Okay, now in enterprises you might be able to force a browser on desktops. But even then, but you're not going to be able to force your wor- workers which phone they're going to go buy, right? right. Yeah, and or they if they're want,
0: coming in with an iPad,
2: right? And they want they want to see that well, business data yeah, on their devices.
0: On this show, on the tablet show, we've talked the pros and cons of of each approach to yeah. death, right? Right. So, um, well, but, typically you know, so with the fact apps, is if you're in a business world yeah. and you want an HTML solution, this is probably your fastest way to get it going.
2: Well, especially if these apps are really crud apps, mm-hmm. you know, like, or content consumption a lot of time, more like from multiple enterprise data right. sources and then some edits, you yeah. know, this is like the sweet spot light switch now can
0: i drop in my own javascript libraries if i want to do stuff like graphs and charts and correct dashboardy type things yeah there's a
2: plethora of widgets and libraries like you can pull in um and you know and then you can start to fine tune so if you have more of your users on like say you know an iphone you can start to fine tune that and write in more so i'm
0: still designing my own html page really or am i not are you doing most of the heavy lifting and i'm customizing is that it what it is? It uses the
2: same designers as um, people were familiar with before when they were creating okay. a desktop client mm-hmm. so it uses actually the same designer so it's more of like you have a view it's a MVVM s- similar to MVVM where okay. you have a model on your left side and you have what's called we call a content tree in the center and you just move the content around and then you went with mobile though now with uh, html now you just hit f5 and while it's running modify the designer where you want it cuz it handles all the binding all of all of that stuff is like just okay everything's already described in your data model we're mm. just going to use this data model on the designer the designer has the most bells and whistles of the of the designers in wow. like switch um and you just hit save and refresh and you're you have a new screen it's a single page app though so you're not creating right. a bunch of html files there's yeah, one default so. html it's dynamically generated
0: And what are you doing about SEO, search engine optimization, that kind of stuff?
2: So, I mean, like, we basically take... uh, The pain
0: of spa, right? Yeah, right, the pain
2: of spa. So, we've got, like, like bookmarking is really important, for Mm -hmm. instance. Like, say I send you an order invoice, and you want to click on a link and go right into the system. You don't have to re-log into the system. Sometimes, like you're saying, that's hard to do. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we've added uh, bookmarking features into Light Switch now so that you can say, all right, we are using like um, a common, like screen name, you know, like mm-hmm. so the app name slash screen name slash, you know, ID number.
1: Right. Routing.
2: Right. Routing. Okay. Similar to routing. Not exactly, but similar. And that way, Light Switch goes, I need to put up that screen and go Kay. to the database and do the authorization. I
1: think you'd also make the argument, why do you care about... Google indexing your internal credit. You don't. I guess you're right. Yeah. You don't,
2: but, but, but the important use case is, is I s- thank you for your order or here's your link. Here, yeah, you want to be able to link. give a link
1: to your yeah, order. Yeah, a
2: link in, a deep linking. We call sure. it deep linking or bookmarking. Sure, yeah. right? no, I
1: totally buy that.
2: Yeah, so that's what we've got for the latest version
1: so when let's talk a little bit about the responsive web design part of this thing so when i want to look at that what i'll do is typically bring up the app on a normal size browser then i'll make the browser smaller and say do the controls change does the page reformat is something that'll fit down into a phone with it makes sense
2: that's exactly what Lightswitch will do all of that for you wow it uses a responsive web design it uses the jQuery mobile um to do that so we just added the table control jQuery mobile 1.3 right added the the table control where it's a, a it's a nice like you know table when it's wide and when it starts to shrink it collapses the rows and so into like you know long, like long sections. So you right. have like grouping, 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 and then you kind of go down. Lightswitch also does asynchronous data loading and paging. When you, f- when you flick, mm-hmm. you get to the bottom of the list, it loads more. Right. It loads more. I wish it we had a way
0: more. to interpret best Italian hand signals to, I, uh, to, to an audio show. I never <laughs> see that. <laughs> but
1: that, yeah, the, this, that scrolling effect. How much control do you have over behavior changes as the screen size changes? Or is that pretty much built into all
2: You that have system? hooks. There are hooks on, like method hooks. You can override the control generation completely, or right. you can go ahead and say, I just want to like adorn it with something. So there's called a render, and there's a post-render. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can create a custom control, and you can render the whole thing. We hand you the DOM element and the content item, yeah. okay, the data. Here's a piece of data, and here's where it is. Go nuts. DOM. Go party, right? Yeah. Write a signature control, do whatever you want. Um, or you could say, you know what, I just want to change the 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 color, you know, to indicate red because I'm 90% over utilization or something, right? right. You just want to do it with some CSS tweaks. You can do that by just doing post-render, and it gives you the element and the content item again. You just take the content item and it's like, oh, you know, just add CSS. Make this add red. class, you know, sure. add this, add class to it or whatever. Sure. So it allows uh, complete flexibility on the look and feel um, for you. That's so cool. That's just, awesome. You know, that stuff well, it,
1: yeah, it's it's it, Change it to a different image type or a different image because you got yeah. down to a smaller size, those kinds of things.
2: The better and better you get at. At CSS and JavaScript, the more and more you can really get in and start customizing. This
1: idea of being doing. good at CSS disturbs me. Mm. <laughs> d- yeah, well, you know,
2: you can't really. You know what? Theme Roller. We, we are completely compatible with Theme Roller Mobile. So you with, just paste the, us, paste the. Tell uh, us about
0: Theme Roller. Go
2: to go to jQuery Theme Roller. I don't remember the URL, but okay. what it allows you to do is create swatches w- visually. Without having to know CSS. Okay. Mobile swatches. It'll load it in light switch follows that pat- that oh, nice. CSS, right? Wow. So you can take the, the current, uh, CSS that we give you, we generate, or we have. Part
1: of jQuery. Right. We roller. give
2: you two themes, a light and a dark. You take one of the themes you want. Okay. If you're going to go more of a darker and you're going to go more, there it is. That's <laughs> theme roller. There's, yep. a, there's one for mobile as well. Um, and then you paste it into the tool mm-hmm. and then it immediately just shows you in the, in the okay. UI. And then you can just go ahead and change the colors how you want and the rounded corners and whatever you go, yeah, go it. party on it. And then you just export it.
1: Yeah. There's a reason we're getting good abstractions away from CSS. Yeah. CSS I has become the bane of, of many a developer's yeah. existence. Yeah. And
2: it, it is actually, v- Pretty like if you are you know kind of running the app and inspecting the DOM, mm-hmm. you know, with like de- the F12 tools and stuff, it, it's pretty complicated. Yeah. I mean, you're like, whoa light switch mm. is doing a lot of work mm. for me man <laughs> thank you because uh there it's not just a, like oh yeah let's just go create a spa app yeah, like, a single page app that's no problem we'll just go do that no problem. yeah that actually is a, there's a lot of things to take into consideration like responsive design mm-hmm. L- like like you're gonna like we want to target all form factors
1: oh great all is a lot
2: have fun You know, and I mean, it's not impossible, obviously, but what we really, especially for business app developers, you typically do not have time. Hey, that UI is good enough. It's throw it as long as we can get the data in and out of the system.
1: If it's legible on a phone and it's not awful on a tablet. (laughs) and it works on a desktop,
2: Yeah, that's
1: probably enough.
2: And we definitely targeted the mobile space uh, with this release of the client. Um, We are thinking about how can we expand this to larger desktops, because this is a lot of feedback we hear from customers is, I want a web app, like a desktop web app. This is where my users sit Right. right now.
0: This episode of The Tablet Show is brought to you by Telerik iCinium, which enables you to develop, test, and publish iOS and Android apps from a single code base using only HTML5 and JavaScript. And the best part is iCinium lets you do all of this from within Visual Studio, including comprehensive backend as a service in the cloud, integrated support for Kendo UI as well as jQuery Mobile and integrated testing and deployment capabilities. That makes Icenium a robust end-to-end mobile app development platform for .NET developers. Telerik Icenium, with its Visual Studio extension, is available on a subscription basis and part of the Telerik DevCraft Ultimate Collection. Start a free 30-day trial of Icenium with support at Iscenium.com/dnr. That's I-C-E-N-I-U-M. Dot com slash dnr and don't forget to thank telerik for supporting net rocks in the tablet show so i'm thinking you know for a lot of us net devs we we've got you know web api and we've got mvc we can do all that stuff it's the javascript and html5 that really sucks for us so mm-hmm. so is this going to help us there if we already have things you know our, our web api stuff in the back end we've already got all that going on yeah now. i mean
2: there's there's a couple ways you can consume data sources in Lightswitch, and you know there's cust- you can write custom data sources too so as long as you get you get light Switch to go oh i know what, how you're communicating with the data source you can use it as the client too so, so you
0: said any entity framework data source
2: any ef provider or odata service or ria service so okay. ria service would actually be probably your custom service so it's like i'd yeah. wrap anything with that you know create a create wcf services that are compatible with light switch so that it knows how to do the crud is really the the key um yeah, so
0: it seems like a lot of work though for for i mean just web api is so easy for us yeah but.
2: so but web api will also expose us odata as well right so that's that's another option. Okay. So that's actually like... That's probably the easiest thing. When yeah. you do something custom, you're usually typically trying to, to take a bunch of data sources and services and sure. create some sort of contract, some sort of s- simple interface. Right? So mm. so like, but if you just have a data source, just point light switch at it.
0: Point. Um, yeah. Done.
2: So it'll do the it'll do both sides of the- well, it.
1: and I find that interesting. This idea that you could use Lightswitch just as the client piece. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've got a bunch of OData stuff here right. already. Maybe you've built a client already, but you want to get onto phones. Yeah. And you could use Lightswitch just to consume those OData sources and make the phone app for That's you, correct. the client side.
0: Now here's another question: Can you use that HTML JavaScript with a tool like uh, PhoneGap, Cordova, Icinium to take that one step further, turn it into a native app that can it's a hybrid to, app at that well, point. A hybrid, but yes, a yeah, yes. with a native shim, yeah. That's
2: correct. So actually I think there's a blog post out there how to do it with PhoneGap. Phone yeah. So okay. right. So you end up with a native shell. Right. And it's it still has to be, you know,
0: for those of you who don't know that uh, what Icinium is that in Icinium is Telerix in the cloud service that takes your HTML and JavaScript and compiles it down into you uh, like a shim. You remember the in, in VB, did you ever use the web browser control? It's a little web browser that you just stick on a form. And they have it in web forms now and even in WPF, I think. And you just navigate to a URL and boom, you got a web browser inside. That's basically what it is, right? It's a native shim but also connectors to the services
1: of the phone. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. It connects you to all the hardware stuff, like the sensors and all of that. Cameras and good stuff like that. So we've been talking about phone gap and Adobe Cordova is now the 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 current incarnation of that and Teleric has a service called icenium that does it for the, you the
2: key for that is like you know business users they're you know if you tell them to navigate to a url on their phone it might just be like a hassle they just want to have it like right. they just want to click on the button i mean they still have to be connected you yeah. know, to run the app so it's, it really is a high it's just a hybrid scenario if yeah, that's yeah. really important you know to get you know when we're talking internal business apps are you going to go out to the store and put this thing there and, you know? No, yeah, sure. So what we're really working it's on... It's a different
0: scenario, but it is possible. It's
2: totally possible, yeah. right? It's totally possible. We, it's not something like in the box, but it is yeah. possible. Um, what we're really kind of looking at as we talk about business apps, mobile business apps, is we're really trying to t- think about services, smarter services on the back end and how you can tap into mm. that, uh, with, with Lightswitch. And we're really focused on Office 365 right now. The team mm. is really laser focused on making that, like, drop dead easy to build custom apps, um, business apps inside of Office 3, for Office 365. Um, and, and then discovered through Office 365 or SharePoint, you know, 2013. The new way of discovering applications inside the enterprise that have Office 365 or SharePoint is just like an app store. It's like a corporate app store. Hmm. You know, and it makes it really nice. The lifecycle is really nice too, because you can have like we were talking about DevOps earlier, right? So the development of it, you hand that you hand that off, or you can go ahead and go through like policy and all sorts of stuff of how you manage all these apps inside of SharePoint. Like so the life cycle is like basically, okay, here dude, have a package, here's the package, does it pass all of these, you know, policies that right. I have? Right. And then go ahead and an administrator can go ahead and light that up, and then everybody in the corporation can go ahead and use the so app. So if on I, my their organization
1: sites. is using Office 365, presumably they have SharePoint in the cloud set up, and so I can yes. put my my mobile apps or any of my apps on that SharePoint site. Yeah, and those apps also use Office 365 somehow.
2: Yes, so they are deployed into Office 365 right. and have access to the data, mm. all the custom lists, all right. of the, everything that's going on, and then they're discoverable through the through the through the store, right? Through the so corporate that becomes
1: store. the store. It's a way to solve this. St- Store problem.
2: Yeah. So, like, if you are a large enterprise and, you know, one department had a solution for their, you know, volunteer sign-up sheet, mm. go ahead and publish it to the corporate store so that someone else in another department can go ahead and use that on their sites.
1: Well, it's, mm. it's something we've come up and over and over, and over again on the show. is right. this problem with corporate store. Yeah. You know, it's there's no easy way. Every platform's got a different game they play. <laughs> yeah. Right. For how you're supposed to get at these apps. Right. And even when it's a web app, knowing the URL is still a pain in the butt. So that's why
2: it's more for discoverability. Right. So like if you if you guys have seen if you're played with SharePoint twenty thirteen or Office three sixty five, it's like totally new UI and it's just like add an app. And it's like this little thing going click mm-hmm. me, click me, and you're like, okay. And you go ahead and there's like there's built in apps, okay, mm-hmm. like, you know, document libraries and things we're used mm-hmm. to. But this is where you can go ahead and start saying, Okay, I just wrote a business app like you know, and I want to be able to like say, Hey, if anybody in this company wants to use it, they can too. And the cool thing is you can decide how, you know, you're going to surface it and how you're going to like host it. So you can like host it in Azure, the middle tier. The whole right. website is in Azure. It's just discovered through Office 365. And is it
1: actually Azure web services or websites?
2: Yeah, it could, it's an Azure. Yes, it's an yeah, Azure it's website. website right. okay. But you know, when you deploy it, it basically is like, okay, it's like, where's your app? You know, well, it's over in a website. It could be as cloud service too. It depends sure. on how you, how you deployed it. Um, and then it's just this manifest that's like, Oh, here, here's an app and it uses OAuth to communicate between the, cause you're already authenticated inside of Office 365. Mm-hmm. It really cleans up a lot of the code that you even have to write because right. you're already authenticated when you're in it. You're browsing to it. Go ahead and it uses OAuth to, to get at the data mm-hmm. wherever it's hosted. So
1: when you, so when you deploy a manifest that way, from the SharePoint site, and a and guy pulls it onto his phone. Does that give him an icon? Like, how does he find it that after that?
2: No, it's it basically, SharePoint is all web-based, so you right. would still navigate to SharePoint. Or you would go, actually, there's there's client. there uh-huh. are, micro especially the Windows Phone has some really nice Office clients on it. And so, okay. that, you know, like, when you go and you open a document, it knows it's on a SharePoint list somewhere, right? Or you can just go ahead and, like, I'm gonna navigate to certain assets, it through the client well this is a win this is you can also navigate up to site and then it's like oh well this is just the web website you so know? even and after if i've it's...
1: installed it this the best way for me to get at these apps would be to go to the sharepoint site yeah exactly so you, I, and i like that idea that I mean, maybe i have a dozen internal apps but you only need to know one bookmark. It's to the SharePoint site in the cloud.
2: And typically, if people are, have SharePoint and it's already deployed, that is the portal that's for all portal. the applications. Anyways, right. all the users in the company, are go- that's their homepage.
1: Well, I'm used to SharePoint portals being the place for project collections these are the mm-hmm. documents for a given customer live that sort of thing now mm-hmm. you're selling the apps are there too
2: apps are there too
1: interesting and mm-hmm. you can that you do that automatically with light switch so i build the stuff in light switch and then one of my deployment options is put it on the office 365 sharepoint site for my, my so we
2: have a new project template it's called cloud business app okay. so you go it's under the office and sharepoint node inside of visual studio so you pick a language pick office and sharepoint and then it says apps. And then you're like, oh, cloud business app is what it's called. Right. And that just streamlines. Mm-hmm. You can go through the light switch route and then enable SharePoint on the, but we just said, let's just streamline this. Wow. Let's, we already know now. Okay. Now we ask you immediately, where's the site? Right. You want to de- start? De- developer site, by the way, if you go to dev.office.com, you can like sign up and super easy setup to get started with a developer account.
0: Oh wow, That's really yeah, right. and then
2: it just, it streamlines that, and then you, you're literally, you're, you're, the rem, you're debugging <laughs> against, you're deploying into, into Office and trying to use all of its services that it provides, and you're de- uh, debugging locally, okay? And then when you're ready to deploy, you decide how you're gonna wanna deploy it.
0: Well, Mr. Campbell, you think Rocky was right now? No. no.
2: Rocky's always right. What was he talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> well, right,
0: I was just saying it was going to be an
1: all-JavaScript world, right? Like an all-HTML
0: to... JavaScript world in the enterprise for business apps. You think yeah. my HTML JavaScript's going to rule.
1: But uh, what is exciting to me is that the mobile app story for corporates has always been the, the problem is a serious problem. Yes. And so either you're solving it by going all web app and sharing links like crazy. Right. Or you're deploying all these apps on, onto devices themselves, which typically means you're working in hybrid. And it's got, it's where do you put the app? Right. Mm-hmm. Or
2: where do you discover the app? And especially if yeah. yeah. we are talking very large enterprises across the worldwide. Yeah. You know?
1: And you don't want to put them in the main store. Like it's just not an option. Nope. Right. And every one of the approaches to running your own internal store, including the Microsoft ones, by the way, suck. like it's just it's bad it's just too painful yeah this is the best one i've heard described so far i mean i i always hesitate on sharepoint sharepoint
2: i know and i shouldn't even said said the s word don't
1: say the s word
2: but that's why i set off as 365 oh 365 it's because you when you you you're crying about because you're the it guy and you would have to set (laughs) it up
0: yes no, Office
2: I, 365 is in the cloud. Remember, right. you're just taking advantage of it what's well, already there. Right?
0: Anytime you have a lot of stuff that you have to search through that includes lots of things that you don't want to see, there, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, and, and SharePoint has always been a bare ticket figure. Uh, the the cloud version is less painful because you get away from owning a lot of that stuff. A lot right. I mean, of that just sort of goes away. The question is, is this enough to make you start to want to use SharePoint? I mean if you're already using it, awesome. Right. Got it. It's great. But the idea that, okay, well, we've got this commitment to mobile apps and we're trying to figure a way to deploy them, this is one of the options. That's a really interesting discussion. It is interesting. Yeah,
2: I think you're definitely going to pick O three sixty five for its own merits. Right. Uh, what our team is really tries to get you to enable you to say, Hey, I got this now because I needed Email collaboration, yeah. I need, dynamics. You know, I need I a still CRM. Think I need shells O36- I,
1: 0365. Like, what we're
2: trying to do is like, but now you need something custom. Yeah, and we're going to help you build. You're the not going to break our model. Mm-hmm. It's like right, okay, exactly. we only
1: you only use regular office apps this way. Mm-hmm. You don't do you don't do custom stuff. They, the idea that Light Switch would slide into that space makes me wonder what. Well, you know, ha- the
2: city of San Jose, by the way, has, signed a huge Office 365 yeah. contract. So, the city of San Jose is using it, which is kind of
1: That's funny, don't you think? Actually, they're just down the road from Google.
2: Yeah. And they did evaluate that. And then at the end, if you read the case study, it's the, it's on dev.off, it's on office.com, I think. If you read the case study, the, the, the factor for them was that their users were already using Word and Excel. Right. And they did not want to switch, you know, to, to something else because Office 365 is not just a web-based product. It integrates with those clients. True. Sure. And actually the web versions of, Of the clients are really good.
1: I was pretty impressed. Yeah, they are. And and there's the corollary case study. I think Boston just switched to Google Apps. Mm. Yeah. Just to be, you know, I read both. Yeah. (laughs) No, I did. Yeah, Yeah. I get
2: it. But I just thought it was, I was kind of like, wow. Here we are in San Francisco. Nice job. Down the road.
0: All right. So what other killer features can you sell us on Light Switch?
2: (laughs) I think that just. I mean, I'm
0: sold already. I don't know about you guys, but. but If you want,
2: you know, if you want a single page app. Responsive web design Mm. and you really are just getting started with JavaScript Mm. and you just don't, and you, and you're building a business application.
0: Is there any brick walls that I'm going to hit? I mean, honestly, tell me the truth.
2: You know, I mean, okay. If you're, you really, if you're just, if you start writing too much code, you probably pick. It probably isn't a good fit, right, right. Uh, that's the key. I mean, if we're trying to like target a, a, a niche of applications so it's forms a pretty big over niche.
1: data tool it, Do not it, write games <laughs> in it
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, okay, i'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> you're yeah, right. That's not what we meant it for right but there are a bunch of blog posts on how to use it for gaming.
0: So. don't do it oh, doesn't well.
1: make it right it's so now, it's now it kind just becomes a dare.
2: It's kind right. of, yeah, it's kind so of So I start
0: with a template and it generates some HTML, and I go in and I add some stuff to that HTML. It's not going to overwrite that the next time I join right, my exactly, code right
2: right exactly dumb
0: stuff like that I got to ask those questions yeah no
2: it's but it's it's not really like a code generation though it's not like a, a code spit it's not spitting out files and stuff for you but you know you're you're definitely taking advantage of libraries you're pulling in you know NuGet packages of like custom you know stuff that you need to use mm, okay. and you can utilize it it's very similar to any web so you're um, still living in the
1: .NET ecosystem experience. yeah right? you are well, working with NuGet and-
2: yeah it, you could nu get packages serial. or you could copy a library or widget from anywhere sure. Really
1: into it, um, but aren't there what about working with third party libraries like kendo and the like yeah
2: so or, or do, actually they ha-
1: do they have to be silver do they have to be light switch friendly.
2: No, actually, um, so we have a really good, um, tutorial on how to use Kendo, uh, by basically, I told you, like, we're exposing the middle tier. It's right. open, right? Yeah. Uh, so you can write your own web API controller and just return JSON to, sure. we show Kendo charts, actually, So right. nice charting, um, abilities. Cause dashboard reporting is really, you know, a key feature of yeah. business apps. Sure. And so we need to enable that scenario, but we also can't, like, you know, dictate which third party tools you're going to use, right? So that's kind of like the custom, you know, reporting scenario. But then, um, uh, component one actually did create a set of extensions for light switch hmm. at the design time level that wow. allows you to use it on the screen. So it has, has more screen templates, you know, mm, like if okay. you want a paging grid with a button, cause we, we do more of the flick, you know, mm. like load more, load more. And if, but some people want, you know, page one of 10, you know, yeah. kind of thing. And so they have more traditional grids or something like that uh, for larger tablet sizes. So they have a set of controls that they worked in. They, you know, they have in their uh, their suite of controls. Cool. Components. So there are
1: there is an ecosystem here that's building stuff specific to Light Switch, as well as looking at the existing dot net.
2: It's stop. typically because because our our former client this the silverlight client required you to write like extensions like right. for visual studio to get controls like into into silverlight uh, we wanted didn't want to like you know make it that difficult especially with the whole like open ecosystem of the web you know yeah. we just wanted to make it so that hey you just pop a library in there if you know how to use the library write some write the code the javascript code custom control is all you need, you know, Mm. just write the code yourself. So it's, it's sort of like if I was going to hand you like, here's my signature control, I'm just going to give you some JavaScript files, right? You know, and then, well, here's how you call it. And then you're going to go, okay, I'm just going to pop this line of code right here. And And off
1: it goes. Off Mm -hmm. it goes,
2: right? That's pretty cool. So yeah, that's how, that's how the new extensibility model is. Moving
1: over to the web, help light switch a lot, I imagine, just because it gives you access to all of that stuff.
2: I, I think what we're seeing is like a lot of our, um, A lot of our community uh, is growing, obviously, because it's like like we we were they had the unfortunate, uh, I guess, timing of you know releasing uh, our first version with Silverlight and then Silverlight not being. Supported anymore right. or developed anymore, right? Sure. It's supported. From
1: Microsoft. You can't say it's dead. It's not really dead.
2: So it's it was the it was the switch. <laughs> it was the switch? I don't want to really want to get in the discussion about Silverlight because I had nothing to do with the decision. Yes. Obviously, the Light Switch team. Still, felt nobody the pain actually that. knows what
1: the decision is.
2: <laughs> so we just
1: all stop talking.
2: Yeah, Silverlight is still supported for yes. ten years, so we will still support that client. So um, you, in Light you're switch. still taking
1: care of the lights, the, yeah. the Silverlight client for lights. But switch as well. we
2: needed to move forward. Okay, we needed to, and we. We were seeing, you know, I also
1: think it's a big opportunity there. Well,
2: yeah, but you're seeing the the development in general is moving more towards the web. Well, and developers struggling
1: with that issue of how do I do
0: this?
2: Right. Well, and then with with services and device, with us being a device and service company, Mm -hmm. we really wanted to provide both solutions. You know, both pieces.
0: Yeah. Does anybody in the audience have a question for Beth? Raise your hand. Any questions about Lightswitch, Microsoft, or Beth? (laughs) (laughs) how do you get light Light switches
2: inside of visual studio file new project uh visual studio if you have visual studio 2012 or higher it's there
0: is it
1: any particular SKU? like
0: you don't need ultimate
2: you need pro or higher
0: Pro. professional the question is in order to publish it somewhere what do you have to have
2: so deployment models uh there's different ones you can deploy it on your own iis server you can deploy it on your own sharepoint if you SharePoint enable it, okay. Or you could go ahead and deploy it to an ISP, Azure. We want you to deploy it to Azure. It's drop dead easy to deploy it to Azure websites, for instance. So there's flexible deployment. You could actually, you know, it's, it's just like, it depends on how large the app is. If you need it to scale big, you're going to probably want to put that in Azure or cloud service. Or, you know, if it's a couple, 10, so if you've got, got your people, own web server. Got your own web already. server. You can go ahead and IIS six or higher.
0: Any other questions? Uh, yeah. Question is, are you pointing light switch to your data source and then it's going to build everything that you need from there on?
2: So yes, you pointed at the data source and what it does is it, it creates that data service for you. Okay. So that's what it's doing. And then when you write business logic, there's a bunch of hooks for you in the designer, in the design experience, bunch of hooks for you to do all, and then you write code. To do the business logic.
1: Now, can you turn that's that the only ar- code you write. Now, can you turn that around so you've you've, you've connected to an existing database and it, and you've got some access to data and you've decided there's a couple of fields more that you need. Mm-hmm. Can you actually push back to the database to add those fields? If
2: it's an external data source, we do not modify it. Okay. Okay, but Switch also you can design what we call the internal database, the intrinsic database. So you can use Light Switch to model an application from scratch. Right. You can use Lightswitch to model a piece of data that needs to integrate or, you know, because I said we, we handle virtual relationships to other data Between sources. Between
1: disparate data sources. Right.
2: So if you needed to, say, add on to this, you know, this database, but, you know, you can't touch the database. Right. You create, you know, your own table, entity table, and now you, now you have a relationship. Create a one-to-one to one to one with that. Yeah, there you go.
1: Add judicial columns. So, or
2: so. one many or. Right, sure. Okay. Know. So it's not going to obviously it's not going to handle like uh you know the referential integrity of that, yeah. but it will do all but the you filtering, don't even sorting, to like the right. existing
0: database.
1: Uh,
2: not the schema.
0: No. Yeah. But you it's could too do you could do the referential integrity yourself because you get yeah. those hooks, those you could, data hooks. Absolutely. Right. You, you just, just write, have to write a little code for write that. Write the code. Sure. Uh, next to you, sir. Yeah. All right. Question is, he's heard the term SPA kicked around, single page app. Um, little confusion on that term. So.
2: So a single page app just means it's. Not posting back to get another page of data. So really, what it, what it's doing is it's like it's very responsive. It looks more like a native application if you if you want to think of it that way. Um, what are some good examples of so we page used to call always?
0: these like uh, web page with AJAX postbacks, right? But if you think about it, it's just one page, and the page doesn't when you click, uh, you know, I want to see more data. It doesn't post back and draw a whole new page.
2: It just gets it the data. It just
0: changes the data that needs to change. But you can have multiple forms in
1: one page
2: you you have screens but remember you're on this targeted for mobile right Right. so you have you have let me put this way you design a bunch of screens around whatever entities you're using in your application but there's always an entry point like a home screen right or something where the user then picks where are they going from from there okay and they and it's like a it's like a stack of stuff so they're they're viewing content there's a back button there's a home button okay so then they go back Okay, so keep, it, keep in mind that way. So, like, if you were going to do, you know, multiple tab, desktop-like tabs, you would open up multiple tabs of your browser, and you would it's just... more you know, analogous to a
0: Windows Forms app, right? Because it's just, like, one page that kind of has state, and, you know, the, only the data that changes, changes. Everything else is static. Yeah, question over here. Can you use it for developing desktop apps? There
2: are, you know, a l- lot of business applications that fit fine into that model. So like if you think about we added the like I mentioned the jQuery mobile uh table control, so that would that would scale out nice and big. You can have 100 columns and rows and nice on a big screen. You can and when it starts the screen starts to get sh- Smaller, it flips into a different control, more of a mobile control, like like groups. So, are you talking
0: desktop app, like a Windows app? You
2: you, yeah.
0: I think you're talking. Sh- I assuming
2: you mean like desktop browser app, right? Form factor.
0: I think you're talking a SharePoint uh, app. So, then.
2: yes, we do have a desktop client, but it's Silverlight based.
0: Yeah, which is perfectly fine for for Windows desktop. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we're we're really, you know, like I said, it's like. With Lightswitch, we're really trying to m- make it easy for developers to really build custom apps with Office 365 services. Not necessarily maybe even deploying into Office 365, but really taking advantage of the rich cloud services that you have available um, you know, to you and Microsoft and and third parties. Okay. Not it's not just Microsoft services out there that we want to allow you to to consume. Um like there's a lot of third party services and data that that is critical in businesses today. And for you guys to like go ahead and write this code over and over and over again and interface with them, it's just getting to be some of some apps never get developed. You know, some productivity apps get shelved because it would just take too long. It's not business critical. And right, LightSwitch we- can fill that.
0: We have another question here. All right. So the question is, um, does it work well cr- on different clients, iPhone, iOS, Android, and all that stuff? And also, uh, guys experiencing a lot of pain around Ajax, b- taking a long time to load, and you know, what's the performance like of those asynchronous changes and updates in Light Switch?
2: Yeah, so to... The uh, multi-platform, yes, that's, that is the HTML5 and jQuery mobile. Um, there is a whole chart on jQuery mobiles of like what, which platform supports what level of, of, uh, compatibility with jQuery mobile. Um, like, so any modern app, modern phone, I you know iPhones actually <laughs> really good implementation of of HTML5 actually. So you'd think <laughs> very good. Yeah. Uh, So light switch apps are stunning on on iOS. Okay, believe it or not. Uh, same thing. Android two uh, two is getting a little old. Okay, so it's got to be a l- like four. You know, like two so, two's
0: not even named after yeah. <laughs> a candy. <What's>
2: that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, right? And uh, and iPhone uh, and, and Windows Phone eight. Okay, so seven the implementation of is not so good. So, um, but you know those three people that bought.
1: Yeah, sure. It's fine. So, <laughs> so and the you just second made it question, both question guys who have WinFone sevens, really both angry with you, both of them. Yeah, both of them are angry. <laughs> but
0: they got it when I was done, and they love it. Yeah, mine too. mine too. But to
2: answer, to try and answer the second question, I hope understood it. Um, I heard something around the whole life cycle of of Ajax calls too, like in the performance. So. Um, the light switch is is trying to abstract some of that away from you. I mean, you can get at that low level if you need to, uh, but um, perf wise, we did a lot of performance improvements um in Visual Studio 2013 around using JSON Light as the transport, and so the 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 amount of data that's coming down the wire is a lot less, so that that helps your performance big time um, and your scalability too. You know, it's 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 all all, all going to come down to um, your network connection in the end of the day it, with any web application. So it's the performance is no different than any of that.
0: Yeah. Question here again. What's the security story? Do we get the role access to the role provider there? The so identity it, principle and all that?
2: The uh yeah, Lightswitch does use the membership provider model, so you could plug your own membership asp.net membership provider in. We support forms auth and windows auth and then if you're deploying into SharePoint though, your only choice is SharePoint authorization, right? So um and that actually makes it a little bit easier on you. We have a we have a rich API for person for the person that's logged in. So that you can get all kinds of information about them once they're logged in, you know their department, their cell phone number, those kinds of things. We also if you're in Office 365, we also have the presence indicators too. So like so Is
1: that all ADFS is Active it ADF? Directory access? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because if so, you're gonna well, so when you, once you go down yes. the Office three sixty five path, right. you basically provide a way for Office three sixty five to speak to your Active Directory through ADFS. It,
2: that's correct. And that's where
1: a lot of that data will come from. Exactly.
2: If
0: you filled it in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's correct.
0: Other questions? Yes. <laughs> the lady from North Cacalacca wants to hear success stories. Uh, well, you know, it's
2: funny. Uh, I'm on the Visual Studio team, but, you know, I, you know, and I build light switch apps, but I, you know, don't build them for cli- sale. I mean, I, I could try, maybe I should start moonlighting. But what was interesting <laughs> over the holiday, uh, My fiance was begging me to write this home asset management app. We just bought a new house. He wanted to just be able to take a bunch of pictures of like our sprinklers and our, you know, Xbox one. And he wants to be able to set up maintenance plans. And I'm like, hey. This is a glorified Honeydew list,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he wants it. Wow. So I'm like, perfect opportunity, I'm right, Matt. totally <laughs> right. I wrote, I literally wrote the first piece of it. It was, it was actually the data model isn't too complicated. It has maybe like you know five or five or eight tables, and. It had, like, it started to get more and more, obviously, it starts to get more and more complicated, because it's like any client, they want more and more and more. And so, like, I gave him something simple. He's like, yeah, you know, I really want to enter main I don't want to, maintenance plans in the future. And I'm like, oh, okay, now let me change the database. Right. Now, we he signed up for an Azure account, you know. He's like, let's just deploy it. I'm like, okay, so... <laughs> We did that. I wrote the mobile piece in a day uh, and he loves it. And now all of his friends want it. And I'm like, great. Now I got to put multi-tenancy in it, you know? So, I mean, it's like, it's kind of like, but it is a success story because now, I mean, I have export to Excel. Like we gave like our insurance guy, like basically everything we own in the house. The house burns down. I got it in Azure. So I'm like, great. Hopefully Azure doesn't go down. We're good.
0: You might have a new career there.
2: Yeah, and yeah. you know it was so that's actually kind of the, my recent success story.
0: Yeah. Is honey D really? yeah. list is a winner.
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Alright, guys, that's our show. Uh, Beth Massey, give it up. <laughs> we'll see you next time on the Tower Show. Woo!